2: Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick Network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski.
3: Glad you're with us across the Outkick Network, Monday edition. Final hour is here. We're at 6th and Peabody in Nashville each and every day. Music City. 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Watching Jacob Swanson
1: try to find the sun and block it for us. It's like watching Cirque du Soleil. It's just amazing. The sun will set by the time
3: this curtain is up. You
1: walked into a magic show during the break here with uh, Swanson trying to find the – and every time he moves it, it's like the sun peeks through a different angle on the curtain. It's terrific. I love it.
3: Uh, Huge success for the Preds, for the NHL, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, (laughs) everyone involved. Uh, with the stadium series matchup this past Saturday night uh, here in town, I, I thought job well done, looked great on TV. By all accounts, those that attended the game had a solid time uh, with videos and social media posts that I follow of, of fans that are in attendance. Um, I know Reed didn't go, but I'm sure he followed it uh, closely as well. I, I thought it was really really a, a, another example of the city raising the bar for big events. And I, another reason to take note of what Nashville's capable of doing. Only
2: thing lacking for the home team was the win, the result. They didn't get the result.
3: Tampa's good. I they're, just, they're very good. Yeah, they they are resilient. They they were they were I think stunned with the amount of people that showed up. They they being Stamkos and others, and their post game presser. Um, they they were they said they walked out and had no idea that the stadium was going to be that packed.
1: I thought it was well – look, watching on television on TNT, I thought it was well put together. It looked great. I was not there. I heard a mixed bag of reaction of people that were there about the event. Um, But it looked terrific for the city of Nashville. And if you're watching this right now, you can see some images from it. Stadium looked great. Uh, It was clearly a big event with the outdoor concert stage and the buildup to it. I noticed a lot of social media posts from the Winter Village – Outside of Bridgestone Arena, all the way up to the actual parking lot into the game. I think it was, you know, ten out of ten for in terms of presentation. I'll also say I still hate the sweater they had for the game. Damn. It yeah. didn't look bad on the ice. Reed had pointed that out that it doesn't look as bad when they're all together because the colors. I like the navy blue with the yellow stripe around the middle. Looked okay. But when you got close enough to see that it said Smashville, it still looked stupid just individually on each jersey. But I digress. Um, I thought all in all, it was a very well-done event. And Hutton, you mentioned a showcase for the city. And there's a lot of people talking in the YouTube chat right now, watching, listening to the show. Um, the one thing that's out of place in the city of Nashville right now is Nissan Stadium. It is a bottom five NFL stadium right now. And the rest of the city is just new, hip, trendy, pretty,
3: Well, that's different. That's, that's and also that's, to that's the, the one credit. thing. With the with the with the arena. No one's mentioning the arena, which was built a year prior to the stadium because they have they have kept up and put money back into it as they've continued to grow and build. And meanwhile, Nissan Stadium's got some jumbotrons that some ribbon boards and some fresh paint.
2: Well, listen, I've been probably overly a defender of Nissan Stadium and we know the end is is near, uh, based on the, the the news that you know they wanted to do a big renovation. They thought it would cost $600 million. Nate Rao at Axios de- reported that, uh, you know, actually a renovation will cost $1.2 billion, and that's why they're now looking into a new stadium because you can't spend that much on a renovation, obviously. But I looked closely as I traveled around the country with the Titans this year, and I don't know what's so different about, I don't know if I was at some of these places this year, but I, as, as I considered it, I don't know what's so different about similar era stadiums than nissan stadium i know what's different about gillette stadium than nissan stadium it's all of the banners representing all of the trophies but i walk around gillette stadium and it's not miraculously better stadium it's much worse location um but the concourses aren't wider i don't know about in i mean it's hard place to get to I don't know about getting in with your ticket. I know that there's a bowling alley and some shopping and stuff there, but the concrete and the, and the pillars of that stadium, I don't think is that much different than this stadium. Like substantially better. No better. Yes. Heinz field, Cincinnati, same era stadiums to me. There is not a massive difference. It's a place to watch a game. Now, is it, is it, Jerry World? Absolutely not. Is it, you know, uh, does it rank like anything that's been built in the last 12 years? No. But there's a whole generation of stadiums that was built right around 1999, 2000, 2001. And to me,
1: they're all quite similar. Uh, uh, Comparison to Lincoln Financial Field, is it a lot different? Than where the Eagles play? The link's better,
2: but the link's not not better located. I mean, I,
1: I hear Hines and uh, Cincinnati, and those are better stadiums, I, I feel like. I don't think Cincinnati's better. Well, Cincinnati and Nashville are also drastically different places. So when I say that it's the one thing in Nashville that doesn't line up, Nashville is light years ahead of Cincinnati in terms of appeal, tourists wanting to come to town, Everything this isn't now a flashy place. L- love it or hate it, you you can want a throwback old school, rough and rugged stadium, that's fine, but I'm just telling you when I look out at the skyline from 6th and Peabody right now, there's one thing that's unlike the rest, and it's Nissan Stadium in terms of big places, big venues uh, in Nashville. It's just, it's different, and I get that it's the same era with Bridgestone Arena, but they've done a better job of, of keeping it up, and I'm I'm looking through the list of same-era stadiums, uh, Denver. When was the stadium in Denver built?
2: I think Denver might be a little bit older, even. I'm just looking through the list, and I'm still
1: pretty confident in saying it's a bottom-five NFL stadium. And Nashville is not a bottom-five NFL city. And those two things are going to line up sooner rather than later. But we know that. Nashville is going to get the stadium and the venue it deserves for its NFL team very soon.
3: Well I thought they they all that being said and I agree they they made that stadium look like a top 5 event this past weekend and uh you know a couple a couple of things that I think the small details matter um that show off the city and just kind of give that little extra vibe they had party buses pick up the teams at Bridgestone Arena and take them to Nissan Stadium and I thought that was perfect That's cool. they had um I know the preds did this and I I'm assuming um, I'm assuming based on the Canadian tuxedos that they were wearing, that the entire team dressed like this for for Tampa. They did. Uh, where they were in all denim with with hats. Um, they they had so they were wearing that post game. I'm assuming they were wearing that pregame. I know the Preds were decked out like outlaws walking in, which was cool. Um Taylor Lewan was all all over this. Everywhere. All over this. Uh he was the Titans representative.
2: City's he official beer chugger.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: hey, congrats to Brett Kern for getting in on that Brett too. Brett Kern too. Yeah, he was out there. Not many towns you'll see the punter having, get in on that fun.
3: Having uh, Pekka with the puck drop was perfect. I just thought I thought they hit a lot of the right notes. Pardon the pun with this, and you know it was all there for the game and everything around it was it felt big. And I, I wonder if they did if this were an annual event, would it sell the same way?
2: I wonder that too. You cu- you quickly heard just like you did when I the think NFL it would. draft. I, I really do. Just like you heard when the NFL draft was here, <clears throat> very quickly about coming back, coming back, doing mm-hmm. it again, doing it yep. again. Um, so I don't know about annual, though. I think Nashville would happily take it annually. I think that's a, an a an NHL it. level de- decision, but I don't see why it wouldn't be frequent.
3: They, they were also one day. One day earlier, they would have been considered the Dallas of the Super Bowl hosting committee over the last 20 years with the, the ice storm that hit Dallas. It poured rain all week, and then they had perfect overcast conditions for the actual game itself.
2: I mean, it was miserable. We're not talking just rain. It was yeah. like an absolute slog Thursday and Friday here.
1: But ultimately, it did the trick because I'm watching on television and thinking, I missed out, not being there, and I want to go to the next one if they do it again. And if you can do that in this market where dollars are scarce because there's so many entertainment options, you've won. And I, I watched that event, having not been excited about it leading up to it, not a lot of buzz around it leading up to it. We're in here on Friday surrounded by Tampa Bay Lightning fans, which I later found out there was an event here at 6th and Peabody put on by The Athletic with the Tampa Bay Lightning beat writer that had a, a party uh, here for Lightning fans but that's when I started to feel the energy around that game with all the Tampa
2: Bay fans here. Then watching it on TV, I want to be at the next one. So and that's a win. We confess to kind of underestimating Tampa, Tampa's traveling presence. Is there anybody but maybe the worst five teams in the league that wouldn't come here for a big event? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm underestimating
3: city? Tampa's travel presence at all.
2: No, I, we. I, I think we underestimated it in advance. No, I, like I, I, still, think don't think, uh, I still don't think city. it was
3: the right call. I mean, if you want a college-like atmosphere, you get a much bigger traveling party than what Tampa is capable of. They may have won some titles, but their fan base is only so large.
2: Right, but they filled it. Without bringing in that, which is exactly what the Preds wanted, right? An opponent. Well, the Preds wanted might to be, bring enough, but they, they still wanted the home ice. There. right? They, a home ice they, advantage.
3: What they didn't want was the. the there's a reason why we didn't hear much about this game, because Chicago and Detroit weren't coming to town.
1: Well, what the Preds wanted, Preds fans there. It didn't want to be overtaken by Chicago fans or Detroit fans or another big fan base. But what Tampa fans did was fill out the gaps; those tickets a lot better than I expected or anyone else. And I've talked to a bunch of people that were there that said, I, first off, did not know there were that many Tampa Bay Lightning fans, and they felt like all of them came. Whoever was a Tampa Bay Lightning fan made this trip to that game, and they were hurt. You could hear them during the game. Well, it wasn't the same as some of those other teams. wasn't the same noise level as Preds fans in the stadium, but they did a lot better than I expected. And
3: Hutton, your, you oh, know. get the Florida Panthers here next time?
1: Well, no, that's much worse. That's a team that's never won a title. Um, if you did it again, if you mixed and matched with the right Canadian team coming in when they're allowed to leave their country at some point, then you're going to get this sold out every time they do it. If you did it multiple times, I think.
3: Reed, what'd you think? the resident uh former season ticket holder of the nashville predators
0: so i was able to watch a little bit of this from a cracker barrel in crossville tennessee is where i actually saw the visuals everybody was surrounding that tv uh, Uncle, uh it, was, it was my fo- it was my phone there are no tvs at cracker Barrel. I say i've never seen a tv uh, at cracker yeah, barrel. this is like, paul's, ex- this? Uh, paul's experience at cracker barrel must be limited yeah. um it's like my signal at the cracker barrel <laughs> at crossville tennessee uh i thought i uh, know because uh, chad sent, sent us a text and said now seeing this on tv i feel like i'm missing out so i that's why I brought it up on my phone and I kind of thought the same thing. I mean it looked big we knew we knew what the city and that organization are capable of when it comes to putting on an entertainment event uh i i felt like you know I, I would have loved to have been there but i was at the tennessee auburn game and i didn't feel like i missed out that much because i was at a much better game with yeah. much higher consequences and much uh, higher performing teams uh, as far as sports fandom goes but yeah a, a big event i saw i got to see the, the dirks bentley miranda lambert performance and, I, and while i would like to see an event like that happen more often in nashville you also you keep falling down the list. The more and more the events like that goes on, you got Dirks Bentley and Miranda Lambert this time. If it's more often, you're going to keep going further and further down that list when you have talent like that to put on a show for a television audience, like we saw. John clear John the Rich air. Is going
1: to be there? Clear the air right now. Were you the one behaving poorly around Jackie Pearl? I was at the Tennessee uh, I game? was. I, I, said, I, I want to get this out here to to set the record straight. It was you.
0: I would like to apologize for. Nothing that I said or did uh, in Knoxville on Saturday that may or may not have agitated Jackie Pearl.
1: How many games? You said you saw her, that she was worked yeah, she up was, because uh, they were getting booed when they this ran is, out.
0: Look, this is what it all goes to. She thought that they were going to walk back into Thompson Bowling Arena and everyone was going to cheer Boiled. as soon as he stepped on the court, and that was not the case. He got booed because he's the head coach of a rival team now. He did Tennessee no favors when he left there. The way he left there. In the meantime, it's proven that what he did, uh, it's carried over to Auburn. He has an assistant coach that's on probation right now from federal uh, bribery and conspiracy the charges. I mean, look, look, Bruce Pearl may have won games and continues to win games. He's not a good guy, and there's a lot of people in Knoxville who are finally figuring that out. And. They booed the guy on Saturday. That's how she got upset and her feelings got hurt. She went to school at Knoxville. I think she still works there. She thought that they were going to cheer them and they were going to get free. Uh, everything they were going to get to you know they were going to sit courtside. No one was going to boo them when they were standing up cheering and saying the things that they did for their team. That's ridiculous.
3: They wanted the, they wanted to be a part of the march back onto the court for the former VFLs uh, in attendance. Yes,
0: that's yeah. what they wanted to do. They wanted Please to
3: welcome back to Thompson Bowling Arena the Pearl family with George. With, with, yeah, with. Uh, with uh, Jalen reeves Maven. Please Escort- welcome.
1: Escorting Bruce's ex-wife, Kim, his daughter, Jackie. <laughs> how many stadium you series? you
2: countless national anthem performances that you had to suffer through while Bruce was the head coach. Uh, how many stadium series games before John Rich would be the entertainment?
0: Uh, Not many. Uh, you know, pretty uh, close. Unfortunately, I would say and he And he'd probably do 20. a really good anthem.
1: I mean, it was Walker Hayes, uh, Dustin Lynch that I saw, and then the – the intermission was first one was
2: Dirk's bit You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy.
0: Turn to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13.
1: Miranda Lambert. You said lit was a part of it during yep. intermission. Yep. Um, I mean, he's he's right there. Uh, yeah. I'm out. He's right there.
0: Because, like, like it or not, his music is the music for a party.
2: No, it's, it's not, party music. Not any party I'm going to.
0: <laughs> no, he's coming to your city, Paul.
2: Well, it, we uh, know he came two, to my
1: city. We he came to, to the suburbs. City. <laughs> we know two things about Paul he's not going to that party, and he's not going to a cracker barrel. No, that's for sure. No. Never I, been.
2: I like their pancakes, all right.
3: Did you guys see um, any tailgating going on pregame? I, I I'm I'm sure it happened. I just I mean see. I
1: saw Instagram posts. Yeah, Friends that's of mine what that I were saw. there tailgating. That were there early. I I think everyone who went did something before the game. This was not a drive up and walk into the game experience. They went to that winter village. They went to one of the concert stages. They tailgated. Our, uh, they hung out and did something.
3: Shout out to Outkick 360 season ticket holder for life. Catfish Jake Jacob Waddell. <laughs> Um, who threw a catfish on the ice and was immediately <laughs> removed. And he's been banned from Nissan Stadium until he completes a, a, co- a fan code of conduct course, how l- how long which is, is laughable.
2: That? How long is the fan code of conduct course? I want to know.
3: No idea. Uh, you haven't seen this?
2: I-, I missed this.
3: You were asleep all weekend. This was a social media oh, come on, Paul. viral thing uh, where he, he he was told by the Preds not to uh, throw a catfish on the ice because they already had one, quote unquote, in production. Um, By the
1: way, I love Jake so much because he had to be told by the press not to do this.
3: Yeah, They knew he was going to do it. But, you know, you're telling the guy who went to Pittsburgh uh, and threw a catfish on the ice with our logo, I might add. He did it again this time um, where he wrapped the catfish in an Outkick 360 shirt. Um, He was tackled as he releases the catfish. He was tackled like as it's leaving his thumb and index finger. And it falls onto the ice, and he is just drilled by this security guard. He said that the security guard and the security there were way over, uh, overzealous, over zealous. Um, over, they were just really upset with the fact that he had done that. And then you had, he said, Metro police were just kind of laughing about it because they knew who he was and what he was about. Which is, uh, you know, he's he's he has a charity based on this, and the fact that the Preds told him not to do it is almost him. You're almost telling him he's going to do it. He's gonna do it.
2: How, what was his entry point? He from came, the end
3: zone.
1: Came in through an end zone, and uh, there's two vantage points that are in, both incredible to watch. One is from probably the 50-yard line of the football stadium yeah. on from the side where you see him get cracked back, blocked, <laughs> as he releases it. And I don't know how he made it over the glass to the get it grass? on the ice because, I mean, he is getting hit as he's releasing it from the left side and then the one from behind as he comes from the end zone is that's the best one so i'll play the it's amazing I'll, to see that vantage point. i'll
0: play the role of chad withrow here in reference a very obscure movie uh, do. the okay. best of times with robin williams and kurt russell the, the end of that where they're replaying the game and kurt russell's getting killed as he releases the football. I that's almost
1: referenced <laughs> that movie and thought none of you guys would know it and all would laugh at me. I know it. The that's, slow motion where he's having to bobble the catch. That's so too. great yeah. that's
0: what I thought of when I saw this video of, of Jacob getting creamed. I want to speak to the security guard. That was a, pr- that was a pretty good tackle that he laid on him. And,
1: and Jake's a big well, they put dude. their best oh, man yeah. on I mean, Jake's a good 6'4", oh, yeah. you know, 240 pounds, I'm guessing. Big guy to bring down. I'm telling, I'm
3: telling Tyler this in real time. I'm putting the video in there. Uh, and pasting this in there for you guys to grab and see if we can play this. They real put quick. their best man. It is the. the um, on them.
2: They had eyes on him. I bet you.
3: It's right below the graphic request. Um, so he's. This is from the end zone cam, and you can see the uh, the security guard just lay him out as he releases the catfish underhand toss. I will say too, if you're going, if you're the Preds, you're gonna you're going to place a catfish in the production. Get a massive catfish, one that Quentin Spain would want to swallow, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what you go get.
0: The he, one that they had, uh, he actually could oh swallow. My,
3: I mean, it looked like something you could keep in an aquarium at the house. Like, it was tiny. It was one that was just left in the tank because it was just, it was the It was it one was you the throw runt. back in the water if you it got it. It was the runt it's a of tiny the group. One. And they, they had Pekka have that one holding up. I'm like, the, the, you know, Pekka who's holding up the smallest catfish a I've bait. ever seen. Pekka also,
1: did you guys notice that he knocked over one of the Preds skater girls? Or uh, almost did? Because his face, they get a close-up on TNT as he releases it, and he immediately, oh, you could tell he was bracing himself where it was sliding. And LaJuan grabbed him laughing. And if you're watching right now, you can see... Oh, you can see the toss over the ice, yeah, so over the glass, onto the ice for Jake, Camphus. Jake. Jake
3: now has to, which is laughable. Um, he has to uh, <laughs> complete a, a fan code of conduct school, school class, whatever, to get back into Nissan Stadium. Who
2: knew that there was a fan code of conduct school? Also, the wind windup on the
3: run is another great part of the
1: video. The one from the side, you could see him yeah. winding up the catfish as he's running to get enough momentum. Is there
2: something about that, baby that school in the, the five-minute video they forced Titans fans to watch before the game? It's stupid. Like, uh, I
1: get if you think someone's trying to do something dangerous, that if you're a security called, guard and yeah. charge, that you tackle them, yeah. you get them down. When you realize it's Jake with a catfish, <laughs> and everyone's fine, like, chill out.
0: Look, if he had on, a, if he had on a silly mask and carried around a belt, they'd hire him to do it.
1: I mean, we money. Put him on the payroll. We got Ukrainian grandmas throwing Molotov cocktails, and we've got security <laughs> spearing a guy for a catfish. Like,
3: chill out. Well, the to the, the security spearing the guy to their, I mean, to They're their benefit their of tool. the doubt. You see a guy running on the field; he's reacting in real time. Oh yeah,
1: time. no, I, I get that. Again, you get him down. That part of it's fine, but the spear followed by making him fill out or do some test. And being all, you know, huffy and puffy about it. If you're stadium security, when Metro PD doesn't care. Yeah, they were laughing at it. Take your cues from the cops on this one, if you're a security guard. If they don't care and they're laughing about it, put your yellow vest back on and
2: go chill out. Who do you think the Preds think is more important, the Preds or the cops?
3: Well, in this case, it was um, Nissan Stadium security. The, yeah, it, it was, was not Bridgestone Arena security. It was
2: cheeseburger. <laughs> first
3: thing well, I thought was Cheeseburger works both.
1: I know. First thing I thought though was was that cheeseburger that tackled him because <laughs> he is a man large enough to really put a hit on somebody. Both, not including.
3: the cops. And he's not worried about losing a tooth either. <laughs> no, he's not. Coming up, uh, some other headlines including NFL owners taking a look at overtime rules and Kyler Murray's agent has released a statement. A statement that I, I guess we were asking for. I guess. I, I'm confused by this entire storyline and saga and how it's playing out in Arizona. That's next on Outkick 360. Where will Kyler Murray be playing next season? Outkick 360 rolls on. His agent is trying to position his client into getting a contract extension a year before he's honestly earned it. He's about to be uh, slapped with the fifth-year option by Arizona. I think he has earned that. But beyond that, not a lot is settled, except for the fact that he seems very unsettled as the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. And while he says he's not about that drama, I used a different word. Uh, he's not about the, the, the drama and the, the craziness of social media. He's done nothing but just kind of make us raise an eyebrow and go, what's going on beneath the surface there? They, they had the playoff loss on Monday Night Football where, The the game plan against the Rams was horrendous by Cliff Kingsbury, and Murray was running for his life and throwing picks and just looked way out of rhythm and out of sync, the exact opposite of the way their season started, where he looked like one one of the real stars of the league. And so we know what he's capable of. We just have not seen him now after year three put together a full body of work. Yes, he's the former rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Beyond that, we just haven't seen him uh, make a run that's that's worthy of a contract extension after year three. And
2: this is just not the way business should be done. He's behaved a little bit like a petulant child here. Now he's got his agent um, doing his business, which is the better way to do it, but not publicly. Uh, you know, These things should take place behind the scenes. He should have gone to management. They should have gone to management. Yes. His agent should have gone to management without him being emotional and being involved and taking – the Cardinals off of his social media and say, Hey, we're ready to start to talk about a contract. We feel like he's taken you from a three win team to an 11 win team into the playoffs. Let's get this thing started. And this all could have been beyond behind the scenes. And instead, look, maybe, maybe the Cardinals didn't handle it great, but they didn't start it. He, he started all of this stuff in motion first with his social media behavior, then the Cardinals maybe came back at him a little bit off the record. Um, and now his agent putting out a full page, like a resume statement. Um, and it really doesn't make him look good at all.
3: Yeah, and it's a lengthy look at It's that. a lengthy post. And it's from Eric Burkhart, who it's is funny. with ICM.
2: It's funny to me that's got uh, Murray's initials on there because it's Burkhart's deal. Well, it's, it's a, a few things going on oh, it's here. It's
3: got Burkhart's name at the yeah, top. Yeah, I know,
2: but his, you get my point. It's not a, It's
1: his logo, right, you're yeah. saying at the bottom? Yeah. It's bad advice from his agent to allow this. Um, in Kyler Murray's mind, I guarantee you, Paul, he's sitting there saying, I didn't start anything. You started it when you didn't give me what I wanted. You started it when you came back to my agent, and you had the audacity to say that you're gonna, he's going to play out his contract. And we'll talk about fifth year and beyond after that. And he got his feelings hurt, and he acted out by taking everything off his social media. And then this happens with this statement. It's an awful look. The guy's been there three years. He's fine. I don't know where he ranks in terms of good quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm with you, Hutton. He deserves that fifth year for sure. They've had one winning season. He's won zero playoff games in three years. He was bad at times this year also. You can blame Cliff Kingsbury for that or whatever, but he hasn't earned it yet. And when you put a statement out like this and you put it under the guise of Kyler Murray is so committed to the Arizona Cardinals, so committed to winning, that he is willing to sign this long-term lucrative contract now before his contract's up in order to free up space in the salary cap the way we can maneuver that contract and help the team sign other players. That's a bridge too far for me.
2: I don't know how approachable he is, but the thing that comes to mind for me, if he'd be up for it, I don't know if he would, is some interaction with Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's the last Arizona Cardinals quarterback to have success. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I think Kurt Warner, you know, if he was willing to intercede here, could go to him and say, hey, I know what you're looking for and what you want and why you want it but here here here's here's the order things need to happen let, let me let me give you a little friendly advice i know the organization i know how much winning football means to people out there i know ownership i you know i played in the stadium i've had success there i've been to a super bowl for the franchise L- let's go for a walk let's have a conversation and and not to mediate but he he's a guy that strikes me right now as somebody that needs some mentoring yeah and i just given
1: the evidence that we have now about Kyler Murray and him saying he's not about that life when clearly he is about that life and that drama, Paul, I don't think he's someone that that is in any hurry to listen to anyone. I don't think he cares what Kurt Warner says, quite frankly. And I'm just going by what he's showing us. I don't know Kyler Murray. We don't know him. Maybe he's completely opposite, but what he's showing right now is petulance. His agent. He seems like a little him. kid that got his feelings hurt. I agree. And now he's acting out in a way he should not be acting out as not just a professional, but a franchise quarterback for an NFL team. But it's not his just agent would
3: serve not, him to
2: get him around a guy like that. It's
3: not just Murray. Now, this is his agent releasing a statement, and normally this is done behind closed doors. The agent keeps it that way, even if the player is very outgoing. I think this goes back to the root of. Uh, What I brought up um, initially, where uh, he was scrubbing everything clean of the Instagram posts and everything else, I said, this is turning in to Kingsbury versus Kyler. And I think the agent is releasing a statement to try to cut that off before it becomes Kingsbury versus Kyler publicly, because it feels that way just at the 30,000 foot view. If someone were to do some digging, it feels like things are messy behind the scenes. And it's not just about Kyler Murray. It's about painting a picture that Murray is not a great leader and you know, he does things off script and all, all this and that. Uh, the fact of the matter is they, they won three games before they drafted him, and they just finished winning 11 games of going to the playoffs for the first time in, what, five or six seasons.
2: Well, they hired a coach to draft the kid to go at it together. It's only yeah, been three well, years. But
3: yeah. they made the move to, go, to move on from Rosen, who they used a first-round pick on, to draft Kyler Murray number one overall and when you make that move you know you, you go get Kingsbury and they're they're married at the they're 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 tailored together right. but at the same time they're not because if you pick up a fifth year option on Murray you're basically saying he's got a year more than whatever Kingsbury got whenever he signed on and Kingsbury's got some results to show in the postseason beyond whatever Murray's going to end up getting and I think some of this behind the scenes is, hey, this is more about him than it is me. And they're both pointing fingers when it comes to that. That's well, the perception well, 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 yeah, I'm
2: getting. Yeah, but one of them's done it very publicly. We know he's done it. We're not sure about the other guy.
3: Well, I think because privately, Kingsbury was talking about Murray. I, I don't know how else you, you, you could read into it.
2: Feels like an NBA power play to me. This style power play to me, which I Well, I think I we're going to see want.
1: more of that with quarterbacks, knowing their value now. I mean, I, we're already seeing it where quarterbacks can oh, manipulate yeah, that, the market I, this I, way. I,
3: I mentioned a dockets this morning. Uh the quarterbacks can play this card um where no other position can do it. And he's right on the fringe of being able to do it because he can point to uh rookie of the year, he can point to uh well he's he's been to a couple pro bowls, record, including his rookie record turnarounds the most important um and then and then yeah, winning three games prior to him getting there to now winning eleven. But the, what, what I would be pointing to if I'm Kingsbury is, hey, the collapses down the backstretch of the season are on all me. Let's go through and look at, the, look at the play and let's look at the leadership and now how we need this guy to take us to the next level. And there's some back and forth that's playing out behind the scenes that I think the agent is laying out and striking the first uh, taking. And this even isn't really the, the well, first thing. The ownership, bid well was on the radio last week saying that they had already had conversations. He got off the phone with Kyler Murray on Friday and said that things were fine and that they'd smooth things over and Kyler wanted to be their quarterback. What he didn't say was wanted to be their quarterback long-term. And that's what the agent's pointing to. He's saying, hey, as players know, these casual conversations about we're going to lock you up long-term later don't mean anything right now. And as the representative, I'm going to make sure my client – Make, I'm going to represent him publicly because no one else is. You know
1: what's strange about all this, though, Hutton? If it truly is Kingsbury versus Murray, do you know who Kingsbury's agent is? Eric Burkhart. Same guy. Yeah, which is They're rep by the same person. The guy, so explain how all that works to me. Yeah, it's And the conflict of interest there, if in fact, that what's what leads me to think maybe it's not him versus Kingsbury. Well, it's Kingsbury, him versus the Cardinals. He's the one taking the heat. Kingsbury's he is. taking the heat. Isn't it odd, though, that they're rep by the same guy?
2: Very odd. The thing that is most interesting to me I feel like one of the them guy, should, should get a new representation. The guy I want to hear from here the most, or the guy that I feel like has weight, is Steve Kime. Because I think Steve Kime's done a good job with the roster. I think Steve J- uh, Kime has done a good job picking Murray, giving up on Rosen quickly when he was clearly not right. Time has proved it, 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 was, it wasn't a good pick, and it was smart for them to move on. He went and got the coach who seems to have some success, has them on the right track. How does he sort this out? Well, the one, the one
3: guy we haven't heard from is Kingsbury. And we'll, we should hear from him this week, I yeah. would presume. In the next two days. Or his agent will release welcome. a
1: statement like he did for well, his other clients.
3: Yeah, the, key, the key with the statement, though, is it paints Kyler Murray in the same picture he was painted in the entire season which is, this is the guy that you drafted to take you back to the playoffs, and he did that. He didn't rip on ownership. He didn't rip on the franchise, except for mentioning that they've been uh, no one, and they went to a Super Bowl one time in 33 years. Uh, He he made sure to point that out, um, that they've gone through some of the best seasons in back-to-back years that they've had in a long time in back-to-back years, thanks in large part to his client. Now, uh, if he wants to represent Cliff Kingsbury, it's – more of a pressing issue based on his contract status
2: hey kyler uh this this really went well today but uh, you might want to stay offline tomorrow because uh, i have another client i got to put out a memo for him yeah we yes. got to
1: get out ahead of this combine
2: and i got to get my <laughs> statement ready for a cliff
3: also uh, this isn't something that i think you just you sweep under the rug uh, that there's there's more to it than him just ugly. deleting some photos from social media and saying that he's not about the drama and then having your agent release a, a link. this isn't like a 3 or 4 cents thing like Kyler Murray is committed to the Arizona Cardinals he looks forward to future contract discussions. Had nothing this yeah. was a this is a bio on Wikipedia. Yeah, this is a full with page. references at the bottom.
2: Like a page of a book.
3: Um what do you think Paul of the the Colts proposal for overtime?
2: Uh I like it. Um I, look, I've come full circle on this. I th- I think it's got to be that way, but I think it was Peter King Or somebody that put out, like, coin flip, team wins, goes down and scores a touchdown. Other team comes back and scores a touchdown. First team with good good quarterback, drives 35 yards, kicks a field goals and wins, and everybody says not fair. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, you may just be extending it out. Maybe the best thing is a 10-minute quarter. I don't want different rules in in overtime than in – Uh, I'm sorry, in the playoffs, then in regulation. But I think maybe you do need them. Definitely both teams need to touch the ball in overtime, no matter what happens on the first possession, period. I think almost everybody agrees on that. But it seems like that's no done deal. Well, I'll I'll certainly ask Mike Vrabel about this, who's on the competition. Yeah,
3: and the reason for that, why no one feels like it's a done deal, is because the Colts have proposed that both teams get a possession and they want that change implemented for regular season and postseason. And it takes 24 owners to vote that through. And I think many believe that they could get it voted through for the postseason, but not the regular well, season. Well, I'll take that. That,
2: that, it, that. Start there, at least.
3: But it, but still, it's going to impact. Um, it, it greatly impacts the results of. I mean, if, you're, if you don't like the fact that Josh Allen didn't have the football in the postseason, wouldn't you want him to have it in week? Week 18 with, with playoffs on the line or with number one seed on the line? Yeah, don't don't split yes.
1: There needs to be the same overtime rules I agree.
3: to determine a winner
1: but if the best in both you, if regular the, season and overtime. if the
2: best you can do – Well, that's not the best. Notice they, I said determine that's a winner. the best they can do. But if the best that they can get vote-wise, I'm not saying it's the best process they can get. I'm saying if it's the most votes they can get is for it in the postseason and not in the regular season – then we're going to have to settle for that. I don't understand why that would be, but if well, the owners gonna, are that going to change. Us. They're going to lie to we'll us and it. say it's about the health
3: and safety yes. of the players after adding an extra game to the regular season and adding two more teams to their playoffs. They're going to say that it's about the health and safety and well-being of their players. When all this is about is playing 60 minutes. Playing 60 minutes and then getting, you know, gtfo to get to 60 minutes on CBS on time. <laughs> That's what it's about. It's about 60 yeah.
1: minutes. It's about the TV window.
3: I mean, th- this is the windows. same league that had a network pay boatloads of money that, that then could not get done with their postgame fast enough to get to the Olympic Games.
2: And there are only, uh, how many games in that window? Four tops? Five? In, in, that, in that window for CBS? Three? Four? Because some of them are on Fox.
3: Yeah, but they want, they want the majority of the country going to 60 minutes on time. I mean,
2: no, I 60 minutes.
3: So CBS plays 60 minutes in its entirety, and they do not join in progress. It's right. the one program they don't join in progress. And then it, they back up everything else to time out. Um, and I, I think they, they have an agreement where and the NFL said they're going to work with them. On but their, the they odds want of it, that being They the want the average game. to be like three hours and six minutes because it gets them on time and it keeps everybody in order.
2: But those are only... Three to five games of the week, you'd have to hit on that being the overtime game, or that being the the. There are a lot of game overtime games this year. Him. Yeah, there were more this year,
3: including the postseason, where we all felt like we watched the great game, and and we did. And a great finish, and we did. But Josh Allen was sitting on the sideline. Well,
2: the Chiefs should be on board uh, with yeah. this Colts proposal yeah. because they've been on both sides of it.
3: Well, I'm just thankful it happened in the playoffs. If this happens in the regular season, no one's talking about it. Well, this Everyone's is the saying coaches, that the, the extra time is detrimental to players' health.
2: I also think this is a spot where the coaches' preferences don't necessarily come into play. Uh, the owners get to decide. Now, a lot of owners defer to their coaches. Amy Adams-Strunk tends on an issue like this, she'll defer to Vrabel and Robinson, her her coach and her GM. But in a lot of places, is not like that. Hit us up on
3: Twitter at Outkick360 coming up. We'll let you know where we're going to be, uh, which includes the NFL Combine. And we'll tell you our best thing from the college basketball weekend. Straight ahead. Outkick360 rolls on. Chad, best thing from the college basketball weekend as we continue on Outkick360. So... Duke
1: beat Syracuse by 25 points at the Carrier Dome. In January, they won by 20-plus points. In the Jim Bayheim coach K rivalry, that's the first time that one coach has beaten the other by 20-plus points in a season sweep. In fact, it's the first time Jim Bayheim in his career has ever been beaten by the same opponent by 20-plus points twice in the same season. And this Ooh. comes in Coach K's final season as head coach. That's That's outstanding. That's getting out on top for Coach K and Jim Boeheim uh, headed into a a different direction right now with the Syracuse team. And one of the problems is playing too many of his relatives. (laughs) He's got two kids playing.
3: For me, uh, awesome to see uh, my alma mater, Middle Tennessee State, uh, MTSU, they were picked 14th in the preseason by the coaches' poll. To uh, pick 14th, which is dead last in the conference. Saturday, they won the conference regular season at home at, at Murphy Center. So props to everything Nick McDevitt has accomplished there in uh, year three since Kermit Davis left for Ole Miss. It, they were picked to be really bad. Best I thought team they were going to be country against the spread. I thought they were going to be horrible. Yeah, then they covered again. They covered again. 21 and five now. You told me they were Pretty 20 and five before the weekend.
2: Pretty impressive. I got to take you guys into the world of soccer. Chelsea played Liverpool this weekend, in uh, the Caribou Cup Final. Basically, this is a tournament where all of the teams in England qualify from every division. Don't play it yet. Don't play it yet. You played it already. Always too late and this time too early.
3: Um, for those listening, you're right on time.
2: <laughs> so, um, great game, as hard as it is for you guys to believe. zero zero. 0 all kinds of chances, goals called back on uh, offsides. Crazy. They get down to the end of it, and Chelsea's coach subs out his goalie, very good goalie, Mendy, and puts in Kepa. Kepa is better at shootouts, has been historically at stopping penalty kicks. They go back and forth. Every guy for both teams hits his penalty shot, 10 for 10 on both sides. So this fails. They get to the goalies. Liverpool's goalie steps up, hits his penalty shot. So now Kepa, who was put in to just save one damn shot, steps to the line, now you can play it again, and does this. I'll narrate. Not a chance to steps tie. Steps up to the ball, puts it so far over that it's in orbit. The guy put in to save one damn kick to give him a, a chance Gold. to win, misses his penalty, doesn't even put it on goal. Chelsea loses on he penalty. He also
1: had kick. terrible body language on yes. the approach. Well, he just yeah, kind he of kn- stood he there. He was, done. He was in no athletic not, position at all. It looked not, like a guy standing there waiting to order a hot dog. Yeah. I mean, he had no, no, What's going on here? Oh, I got to kick They're it.
2: They're not taking a lot of penalties. But does that manager Correct. get fired? Does the coach oh, get no, fired? Oh no, he's tremendous. He said, "Look, <laughs> sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't." I mean, I mean, he allowed eleven goals. Well, so did the the other guy allowed ten. Yeah,
3: but you 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 had a guy who was fully capable well, of you allowing know, eleven goals, you don't and you know took what him he out done. for the special. Well, I know that he goals. just
2: had a pitch to shut out. <laughs> right? Well, so, so did the, the other actual game. Guy. So did the other guy. The other guy also allowed 10 goals. He then hit oh, his own. Oh, I know, own. but I'm saying you took the guy out. It was scoreless tie. Yes.
1: And he took the, the goalie out yes. that yes. held the other team to no goals. Yes. Yeah, you can't <laughs> defend that decision, Paul. <laughs> like, I, that's fine. The guy's like He's a to lose job. But He's had
2: success with it before.
1: That's crazy. You know who's not having success this year? This is completely far-fetched and out of nowhere. But you mentioned college basketball. A year ago, about this time, we sat right here, and for a watch party for the NCAA tournament, we watched Oregon State upset Tennessee in the first round. Oh, And um, put it on them, right? They are so bad. Wayne Tinkle in Oregon State. I'm not watching a lot of Oregon State basketball, but I saw them play UCLA, and I saw the record next to their name.
3: Three or four wins, right?
1: They are 3-24. and They went to the Elite Eight after beating Tennessee last year. They went from Elite Eight... Two 3 Did you see the crowd? And 24. They had a lot of people there that for, is, for a three-win team. I mean, I don't have the stats in front of me. That's got to be maybe the worst decline one Balls. season or the next. Join us. In all time. Really Outkick
3: 360 from New York and Indianapolis tomorrow and the rest of the week. Uh, you can join us for the latest coverage from the NFL Combine and more. Outkick 360 tomorrow.
2: I'm driving. I'm not blocking the box. My family's locking the locks. See ya.